0: What does children of God mean in Scripture? Well, Jesus explained this truth in no uncertain terms when he said to the Jews under the covenant of Moses, Jews who were under covenant but not faithful to God, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. John chapter 8 verse 44. If you were children of God, Jesus goes on to say, you would love me. Jesus referring to himself. You would understand my teachings that come from the Father. You would obey the true Father, who is God, instead of your father, the devil. The lesson is called Children of God. The three points are obey God's commandments, know the difference, and understand who Christ is. So the first point, follow God's commands. If I were to ask you to sum up 1 John, what highlights would you give? Well, first and foremost, it would have to be Jesus. Jesus, who is God, was a human being. 1 John chapter 1 1 through 4. He is not a story of fiction. He is God made man. Jesus was also the bringer of light. He was the bringer of the true teachings of God for salvation, 1 John 1, 5-10. This salvation is seen in his role as our defense attorney and our true sacrifice, chapter 2, 1-6. He can say to the true father and judge that we, followers of Christ, have his blood covering our sins. A second main point or discussion in 1 John is those who follow Christ will follow His teachings by obeying His commandments. So my question to you is today, which commandment are we supposed to obey? It's not a trick question. Which commandments are we supposed to follow? In this kind of goes along with how John wrote his letter. John declares this truth by asking, "Do you really love Jesus?" 1 John chapter 2, 7 through 8. "Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Are you following Christ? You are if you declare him as God who became man. There's a starting point to things. That's what John's bringing us to the starting point in thought that he's dealing with those who are against this thought. And if you have dedicated your full life to this truth, all other subcategories of God's commands will be your endeavor as well. Not just how to become a Christian, but how to live a righteous life as a Christian. But there are some foundational principles about who Jesus is that we need to understand as truth. So, true light or the true teaching about Jesus takes us in the correct direction. The true light declares everything about Jesus that God declares. It does not declare extras, not declared by his apostles. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. That which we have seen... John's talking as one of the apostles. And heard, we proclaim also to you that you too may have fellowship with us. Talking about the apostles. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. One of those pointed passages talking about how do you have fellowship with God? Well, you have fellowship by having fellowship with the apostles' teachings. Meaning, where did their teachings come from? God. So, are you lovers of light? The concept of light and darkness is a wonderful contrasting tool used by the Apostle John. It distinguishes those who follow correct teaching concerning Christ. Chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him. There is no cause for stumbling. So if light and darkness are descriptions of truth and error, Christians need to proclaim what? God's truth in respect to Christ and his message. Any other teaching would be declaring hate for others. It would show your hate for your brother because it's not of the truth. Hate because by teaching ways of darkness concerning Christ, we are leading others, even brethren, in the wrong direction. A direction of possible negative eternal consequences. Therefore, we must abide in Christ. That is, His teachings... His directions, by doing so, we are showing true love for God and one another. The second point is know the difference. If I were in the wilderness or in my backyard as a kid, and my parents saw me reach for a berry, like one of those nice red plump ones in that big bush in the backyard, that berry they knew was dangerous, immediately they would swat it out of my hand or get it out of my mouth and teach me about the dangers of that plant. In fact, a wilderness survivalist would study poisonous and non-poisonous plants so that they will not fall harm to eating the wrong plant, especially in a place where they could not get help quickly. I remember I was taught the benefits and harm of rhubarb. We have rhubarb all over the backyard. Oh, it's wonderful. Sugar or not, just straight. What was I told? You can eat the red thing that grows in the ground but don't eat the leaf. The leaf is poisonous. Now, for those who love cherry tomatoes, and that's on our slide up here, They happen to be very similar in appearance to what's called horse nettle. Anybody heard of horse nettle? All right. Very similar in appearance. Horse nettle have spines, flowers that smell like potatoes when crushed, but can produce fevers, headaches, scratchy throats, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, respiratory depression, or even death. Eating the wrong plant can lead to dire straits. So similarities do not equal the same. Similarities do not equal the same. The world or worldly teachings have similarities with the gospel of Christ at a certain level. Sexual relationship is good. God created it, but only in the confines of gospel teachings. The world would say, anytime. God would say, in marriage. Giving to the poor is good. The world would even say that. But if it's not for the sake of Christ, what good is it? What good is it? Loving people is wonderful, But true love was shown on a cross. Truth is good, but there is a difference between worldly truth and the truth about Christ that can lead a person to eternal salvation. So the Apostle John teaches, love of worldly truth does not bring teachings of God in Christ. Chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. Truth comes from knowing Jesus. Who he really was and is. And following the will of God in relation to that truth. Chapter two verse 17. "And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever forever." The reality is, deceivers exist. John brings this out. Second Peter brings it out, Jude brings it out, and so many others. In fact, that's another aspect of John's writing. It's about deceivers. It is meant as a warning against falling into deception. Chapter 2, verse 26. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. They are making every effort to deceive you. These deceivers are successful if you don't follow God's truth through Christ. So John mentions the idea of anointing. 1 John 2, verse 27. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his authority. Anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you. Abide in Him. This anointing concept is has many different um, beliefs to it. I hope to share with you the belief that Scripture wants us to understand. I can anoint a person with oil right on top of their head. Or I can give them shampoo, as we used to do to our kids who, at children's home who did not use soap. So before they went in, we put some on their head. Off they went to the bathroom. But the anointing in John is exactly what Hebrews and Jeremiah speaks about. Jeremiah spoke of a different covenant than the Mosaic Covenant. This comes out of Jeremiah 31, 31-34, Hebrews 8, 8-11, uh, through 11, I believe. Under Moses, an Israelite was physically born in covenant. You're born, you're an Israelite. But in Christ, we are born spiritually through the waters of baptism. As a baby who has no faith? No. But as someone who has studied, who has made a decision. Under Moses, they were taught the truth of God while growing up. Does well, that make sense? If you didn't know your right from your left hand when you're born, you're going to learn it when you hit two, when you hit three, when you go on and on and on. Under Christ... We learn about him first before deciding to commit. This is what comes out of Jeremiah's teaching that also comes out of the Hebrew. So after the fact, we don't need to be taught about who Christ is. Do we know everything? No. But do we know the fundamentals, the ABCs, so that we can make a decision? Yes, and that's what Hebrews brings up in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 11. Hebrews 8, verse 11. <clears throat> Again, this is a direct quote for also from Jeremiah. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor. Talking about those under the new covenant. And that teach there is the idea of ABCs, the basics. Eat and each one his brother saying, Know the Lord. The know there is dealing with the elementary understanding of things. You will not teach them why, because they already know it. For they shall all know me. Set understanding. From the least of them to the greatest. There's no distinction among people who follow Christ. All will come to know Him before they make that decision. It's not, you are in covenant and let me teach you about who Christ is. It's about, I will come to know the basics about Christ and who He is, and I will commit, I will decide. Our anointing in this passage deals with being taught the truth. And those who continue to, to follow this one time declared truth are those who continue to abide in him. Ephesians chapter 4, 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. It's talking about one teaching on this subject or those subjects. One teaching. But we're, we're going. what's happening in 1 John is new teachings are coming from the deceivers. And the basic thought is they're trying to change people's thought about who Jesus was and is and if you change the basics of who Jesus is you can change the whole thing which is what they tried to do live the life any way you want to because in the flesh it doesn't matter That's part of that theology that was coming in in the first century that John is dealing with. And how they get to that is they're trying to change who Jesus was. And the apostles are saying, we've seen Him. We've touched Him. We've heard Him. He is God who became man. And there's one teaching on that. Absolutely one. And it came from God. Don't change it. Don't go anywhere else. Because it sets you up for a whole bunch of problems. So third point, we need to understand who Christ is. He is God. You recall John 1, 1-4, In the beginning was the Word, That was means was, is, and forever will be. It's an eternal concept. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, showing two distinct personalities. Talking about God and Jesus or the Word. And the Word was God, showing that they are both God. The Word who is God was in joint work in creating everything. And this word is the word of life. Now, according to John, what did this word, who was God and is God, become? Flesh. John chapter 1, 14 through 18. God becoming man is extremely important to the salvation of mankind. Mankind. So when John is talking about deceivers in 1 John, he is talking about those who are changing truth. They're changing the ABCs. They're changing the elementary concepts of who Christ is. Truth about who Jesus really is. Truth about what Jesus has done. Truth concerning how mankind can benefit from Christ's sacrifice. Truth about the Christian life. I really liked their class this morning. It really hit the subject in my mind. You change something, you could change the whole thing. This is so foundational. Chapter 2, 21 and following. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? That's how far they were going. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you, will, you too will abide in the Son and the Father. Changing this fundamental truth... Can even be seen in modern times. If you are a good person. Your kind of faith does not matter. Just be a good person. Whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist. Or any form of Christianity. How about this one? Jesus was not God. He was a very special angel. That's. Out there, not just certain groups but individuals. Well, you're changing something fundamental, aren't you? Jesus was a man while the Christ was God Himself. That's what was going on in the first century amongst these people, separating out Jesus from the Christ and saying they're two distinct things. Well, that's heresy. 101, how you live your life does not matter if you are saved in Christ. You heard that one? That's modern. That's been going on for 2,000 years, I think. Because it does matter. It does matter how you live. It does matter how you live. Abide in Christ. So our source of truth, our true anointing of the true gospel teaching from the apostles, which are the teachings from God himself, do matter. It teaches us who Christ really is. Personally, I would encourage you, if you read wide... If you're a broad reader, whatever, but you're not reading the Bible, put down all those other books. Even if they're biblically based, read the Bible. We need to understand who Christ is from the source, He is the source of salvation. Those teachings the deceivers are bringing that even John dealt with were destroying the true teachings of how people are saved. And it's nothing to say oh well to. What was the thing this morning? We need to, I think it was Betty Joe stand our ground right from the front we didn't know what we should know the ABC is the elementary at at the very least and stand our ground in the truth so in conclusion children of God obey God's commandments This starts with obeying the teaching about who Jesus Christ really is. Who is Jesus? He is God, who became man, who became our perfect advocate, and who became the perfect sacrifice, and who also says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And abide in me. Know the difference. Remember, deceivers exist, and similarities do not equal the same. And third, understand who Christ is He is God, He is man, and He is the source of our salvation. So the lesson is yours. Who is your source of salvation? Will you stand up for His truth? If there's anybody here today who has any needs, prayer requests, or otherwise, please come forward now as together we stand and sing. I hear the Savior sing.